Hey there, welcome to the Ketchup Corner, the podcast where we sit down once a week to discuss the latest pop culture and entertainment media topics. I'm your host, Cameron Tyner. Let's catch up. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ketchup Corner. I hope you're having a great week so far. Um, happy Friday if you're listening to this when it comes out. Um, it's been a week, <laughs> so I'm filming this. I am exhausted for some reason. I'm not totally sure why. This week hasn't been super crazy or anything. I'm just so tired for some reason. Um, but I'm excited to be here, excited to talk to you guys about what's going on in the world of pop culture, and I feel like a lot is going on, so I can't wait to jump into it, talk all about it, a little catch up about me, uh, nothing too crazy, just having a normal week around here, going to class, all that good stuff, um, it's gonna be a little bit of a fun weekend, um, there's some fun Mardi Gras type stuff going on this weekend that I'm planning on going to um and the Super Bowl is this weekend so of course I'm gonna be tuning in I know I'm not a sport like a huge sports fan but I definitely plan on tuning in at least for Rihanna and for the Kelsey brothers you know I like that it's being coined the Kelsey Bowl because Travis and Jason Kelsey are on opposite teams playing against each other. We love the brethren going up against one another, so I'm excited to see that, and Super Bowl Sunday is always a good time, so I'm looking forward to it, but that's really it for this week. Um, Just, you know, taking it easy, getting my work done, doing what I gotta do, you know, but... Other than that, I think that's pretty much all I've got to share about me this week. So let's dive right into the celebrity news catch-up because it is hefty. So, of course, first we have to talk about the Grammys. They were this past Sunday. I watched on Paramount+. Plus. I'm pretty sure it was hectic trying to figure out what the Grammys were going to be streamed on. But I did watch them all, what felt like a million hours of them. (laughs) The Grammys were so long this year and so full of interesting events, you know? Like, I never, I never knew what was coming next, um, when I was watching this with my friends. So I'm just gonna, you know, cover the big awards, who won, this and that, and then some other fun things that happened at the Grammys that I thought were interesting. So the first award that I want to talk about is Record of the Year. Um, And Lizzo won this for her song About Damn Time, which is so exciting. I love Lizzo. Y'all know this. I talked about Lizzo last week in her song special um, with the music video coming out. Uh, She was nominated against a lot of amazing songs by amazing artists. And she won. And it's really exciting because... She is the first black woman to win this award since Whitney Houston in 1999. So, really excited Lizzo took that win. And then, a little 
more controversially, <laughs> album of the year went to Harry Styles for his album Harry's House, and he was up against Bad Bunny, Beyonce, Mary J. Blige, Lizzo, Kendrick Lamar, Coldplay, Brandi Carlile, Adele, and ABBA, and Harry Styles won. And, you know, there's been a lot of discourse going on about whether or not Harry Styles should have won this, or if, you know, other people want, should have won, like, a lot of, there's a lot of fanfare surrounding Beyonce and saying that she should have won for her album Renaissance, which, allow me to be honest, personally, did I listen to Harry's House this year more than I listened to Renaissance? Yes. Maybe that's controversial. Maybe that's a hot take. I don't know. But I did. But I think the Grammys are kind of tricky because I feel like it's a little bit weird because they're like, this is about the writing and the production and yada, yada, yada with all these things. But it's like certain awards are for the celebrity and certain awards are for like, obviously the celebrity as well, but also like the writers and the producers and like how all of this music came together and not just like the performance of it. Um, and so I think the album of the year is a little bit like that because, you know, Harry brought up his co-writers and producers and they spoke as well as him. And so that definitely adds another layer, I feel like. So I understand why there's a lot of drama because, look, I'm just going to be honest. I, maybe this is another hot take, but I don't feel like is this a hot take? I'm, I'm nervous. I don't feel like Harry's House is Harry Styles' best album. I just don't. I think Fine Line was better, personally. Um, it's a really good album, Harry's House. It has a lot of great songs, and, you know, I did listen to it, and I enjoy the songs on there, but it's just personally not my favorite, and I don't think when it came out, you know, we're listening to him, we're like, oh, this is, like, really good, but it's very typical Harry Styles. It wasn't revolutionary, um, in my opinion. Like, it wasn't like, wow, this is so different from anything he's done before. Like, I feel like it was pretty similar in comparison to Fine Line, but, yeah. So, um, so, like, yes, good album. He deserves Grammys for it, but... And then in comparison to Beyonce, which everyone was, you know, arguing about, Renaissance, I haven't fully immersed myself in that album. I know it's a different kind of venture for Beyonce, but, like, in all honesty, like, I did not hear that much about Renaissance, you know, maybe, like, three weeks after it came out. Like, when it first came out, everyone's like... Beyonce released a new album, like, have you listened to it, have you heard this song, you know, obviously Break My Soul and Cuff It are going crazy on TikTok and social media and on the radio, like, just everywhere, but then, like, I feel like Renaissance died off pretty quickly, and so, like, I guess it didn't spark my curiosity as much, curiosity as much to just go and listen to it, so, I don't know, like, I can't really say, like, this one was better composed or this one was, but... I mean, I think it's a fair statement to say that maybe Renaissance was also not the best 
album Beyonce had ever done. So it's like, I don't know, is it a level playing field? Potentially. Is someone gonna reach out to me after hearing this and absolutely flame me? Maybe. And if you have an argument for why one album is way better than the other, let me know because like maybe I do need to be taking a stronger stance on this and I'm just not. But Harry, Harry won, of course, like I said, and you know, it was a good album. So congrats to Harry, but I don't feel super passionate either way. I don't feel like, oh, Beyonce was robbed or like, yes, Harry should have won. So whatever, let me know, weigh in. Also, I think I was a little turned off from Harry because he said, you know, this this doesn't happen to people like me. Um, and, you know, his fans are arguing, like, that's, you don't know what he meant. Like, that's not what he meant. He meant, like, he comes from a humble background or blah, 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 whatever. And maybe he did mean, mean that. I don't know. I don't think Harry Styles looks at him himself and considers his privileges and is like, I'm an outlier. I'm a white man. Like, this doesn't happen to white men. In which I feel like that's how people are flaming him for. Because it's like, how dare you as a white British man say that, like, you don't get rewarded and praised. Because, like, that's kind of crazy. Um, if you really think about it. And I don't think that's what he meant. But I do think that celebrity comes with a certain level of awareness. Or that it should. There's tons and tons of celebrities who are not self-aware in many, many ways. <laughs> but I think this is a moment where he could have, he could have stood to been a little more self-aware because regardless of what he meant by that statement, it's just not something that probably should have been said. Essentially, you know, you're nominated against this diverse group of people, um, and a black woman has not won this award since Lauren Hill in 1999. You know, like it's, it's been far too long. And so I think he could have benefited from thinking ahead of time. You know, if I win this award, what does that mean? What, what does it mean for me? What does it mean for the other people? What does it mean for the fans? And you know, there's a lot of talk going around about people were being, um, rude and like shouting at him which I like do not support at all I really hate that because like in the end like he did win and he deserves to be celebrated and he deserves for people to show him kindness at the ceremony so you know you also have to factor in like all of that how you know overwhelmed is he what's kind of going on as he's speaking you definitely have to consider all of that but at the same time you know who you are, you know your platform, you know what you're at, this huge ceremony that millions of people are tuning into, so there's got to be a certain level of awareness of, you know, I can't say that this doesn't happen to people like me, because in a lot of ways, it does happen to people like you, and that's been problematic, and still is problematic, so it's kind of a sticky situation, you know, but in the end, like I said, I don't have too much skin in the game, I'm not 100% obsessed with Harry's house. I did enjoy it. I'm not 100% obsessed with Renaissance. I did enjoy it. So I really can't say, oh, he was, you know, Beyonce was robbed or 
whoever was robbed because were they? I don't, I don't really know. And I feel like award shows about like TV movies, that's like definitely more my wheelhouse than the Grammys, but obviously like these people are such like icons that everyone knows about it, you know, especially like I say those things are more my wheelhouse because it's like more content that like I'm open to consuming. Whereas like when it comes to music, like everyone is kind of like stuck into their own music taste and like I have my things I like and my things that I listen to and it's easier for me to diversify with like tv and movies rather than music because I kind of just like stick to the music I listen to and enjoy it and you know I can respect other artists like doing their thing and being successful but yeah it's just a little more I don't know I don't feel as passionate about this unless you know like Taylor Swift's hat is in the ring, then I think she should win every time, which is so biased of me. So, yeah, I think the Grammys are interesting because music is so personal people and people have such strong opinions. So, I think that's why the discourse has been literally insane. Um, another crazy thing that happened at the Grammys is Song of the Year was just like that by Bonnie Raitt. And, like, this song was nominated against About Damn Time, All Too Well 10-Minute Version, As It Was, Easy On Me, God Did, Break My Soul, Bad Habit, The Heart, in Part 5. Like, it's just nominated against all these songs that everyone knows. And, like, when Bonnie Raitt won, I tell you, that room went silent. The room I was in, the room on TV literally everyone was bamboozled and you know like I listened to the song afterwards it's a good song but I'm so baffled by that and I feel comfortable saying that because I think even Bonnie Raitt was baffled by it when they showed her face she was like me what like it was crazy so yeah that was definitely interesting those are pretty much all the like categories I want to talk about but then I want to talk about some other moments of the Grammys um the first thing is that Viola Davis won a Grammy which completed her EGOT so she is even more of an icon than she already was so if you don't know an EGOT is basically like an achievement of a person working in Hollywood um, and you achieve EGOT status once you have won an Emmy, a Grammy, an Oscar, and a Tony. That's the EGOT category and Viola Davis was simply missing a Grammy and she won a Grammy this year for her audiobook. She has a memoir out um, and she recorded the audiobook herself. She reads it and she won a Grammy for it, and now she's an EGOT queen, and I love that, because Viola Davis is so awesome, and so talented, and it's so cool to see her be awarded and respected in this way, so I love that for her. Next up, I think it's just worth noting Taylor Swift's presence at the Grammys this year was just so iconic, like, she is just so supportive of everyone, it was so great to watch, You know, she was up dancing during everyone's performance, and she knows the lyrics, she's singing along, like, she just constantly looked like she was having a good time, and she was, like, chit-chatting with people, taking all these 
iconic photos with people. I mean, like, literally, I'm still not over the photos with Bad Bunny and SZA. Like, I can't even deal with them. So, I just... Shout out to Taylor Swift, because she was being iconic the whole time. Especially when Harry Styles won Album of the Year. Like I said, it was controversial. Like, people are yelling, like, it should have been Beyonce. Which brings me to... It was like a flashback of Taylor winning the VMA and Kanye like coming on the stage and like taking the like mic and being like it should have been Beyonce like blah 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 so you know she was in the audience when people were like shouting that at Harry and you know she's like standing up clapping for him you know listening to what he's saying and you know people are like she knows how it feels so like she is always so supportive and she's been outspoken about like her enjoyment of award shows and like getting to hear what she thinks is like the best concert in the world which it is because it's like all the best performers in one room like performing their most popular hits like why wouldn't you be having a great time you know so I really appreciate Taylor being so supportive of everyone and being so happy like I just love to see it And also Lizzo was just so cute when she won. Like, I just love Lizzo so much. She looked so happy and she was, like, jumping up and down. Like, I just love her. Um, and then my favorite, this literally is my favorite moment. I keep talking about it to literally everyone is, okay, so, like, towards the beginning of the show, Trevor Noah comes up to Adele and he's like, so I've heard that which Trevor Noah was hosting, if you don't know that, but he comes up to Adele, and he's like, so I've heard that you're, like, obsessed with The Rock, like, you want to meet him, Dwayne Johnson, and she's like, oh my gosh, yes, like, she's laughing, and she's like, I've never met him, and blah, 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 and you're just like, okay, that was kind of weird, and then Trevor Noah's like, well, Dwayne Johnson's not here, but this guy called The Rock showed up, and, you know, out comes Dwayne The Rock Johnson, and they, like, hug, and it was, like, the most wholesome moment ever and then you know I was satisfied with that I was like that was amazing because I like low-key love the rock um so yeah (laughs) so I was satisfied with that moment but then when the rock comes out to present an award it just so happens that Adele won like I'm sure this was planned, like, they were like, Adele's gonna win best pop solo performance, we need to get The Rock to present it, like, how iconic would that be, and so, you know, he, like, opens the card, and he's like, and the Grammy goes, too, and he's like, get up here, best friend, like, when I tell you, when he said that, me and my friends literally screamed, like, we were so excited, I was like, I don't think I've ever been so happy for someone to win, like, it was amazing, you know, she runs up there and hugs him, like, it's an iconic moment, so yeah, that was my favorite moment of, like, the entire Grammys, I loved it, and that was literally the highlight of my night, so I think that's all I've got to say about the Grammys, if I didn't cover it all, I'm so sorry, but that, that was all the moments that I had planned to talk about because they stood out to me the most. But I do have a little bit more celebrity news, actually. First up, Vanessa Hudgens is engaged to her baseball player, 
boyfriend, which apparently he plays, like, in the minor leagues or something. I, I don't know who he is. Like, why would I know? A minor league baseball player, you know? But he is engaged now to Vanessa Hudgens, who, to be honest, I did not even know she had a boyfriend. So, good for her. Congrats to Vanessa. Look forward to seeing the wedding photos. And speaking of wedding photos, my last piece of celebrity news is that Ellen and Portia renewed their vows. Which, honestly, I was a little surprised by because, like, for some reason to me, Ellen and Portia are, like, I think of them and I'm, like, they're definitely a couple that's, like, on the outs, you know, (laughs) like, It's going to be in the news any day that they're, like, getting divorced. But apparently not. Apparently, they're feeling renewed in their love for each other. So much so that their bestie, Kris Jenner, officiated the ceremony. That is so funny to me. Imagine Kris Jenner officiating a wedding. Honestly, I'd be down to have her officiate mine. Like, that is crazy. I'm sure that was amazing. I would love to have been in attendance because... I'm sure she really put on a show. And apparently it was like a surprise. To Ellen? Hopefully not to Ellen. I don't think it was a surprise to Ellen that they were renewing their vows. I think it was a surprise to Ellen that Portia was like wearing her, you know, original wedding dress. And she like came out and it was like supposed to be Portia's birthday party. And then they were like, surprise, we're renewing our vows. So I think the dress part was a surprise. Because imagine... No, there is no way that the whole thing was a surprise. Because imagine being like, surprise, you have to renew your vows to me. That's, yeah, problematic. So that's definitely not the case. But it was the dress, now that I'm thinking about it. Which is kind of iconic. Slight Portia, that you can still work that dress. That's it for celebrity news. Um, Just a touch of movie news Um, the Titanic movie is being re-released for its 25th anniversary, which is interesting. Like, am I going to go see three hours of Titanic in the theater? Maybe. Stay tuned. I don't know. But, you know, if you want to, you should, because it's going to be there. (laughs) But I think this 25th anniversary could not have come at a worse time, because as we all know... Leonardo DiCaprio is being as problematic as ever right now. He is 48 years old, and it's just been made public knowledge that he is dating a 19-year-old, which is absurd. Like, I'm not even going to go on a rant about this, because if you think it's okay for a 48-year-old man to date a 19-year-old woman, like... I don't even need to waste my breath arguing with you, you know, like, that's crazy, um, but, you know, it's been blowing up, going viral everywhere, because, I mean, Leo's known for dating young women, like, everyone's like, oh, like, he doesn't date people older than 26, okay, so he dates 19-year-olds, like, are you serious? No, that is absurd, But the discourse surrounding it has been so interesting, like, the comparisons to, like, Pedro Pascal and, oh, I can't think of her name. But the girl who's playing his, like, adopted daughter figure in The Last of Us, or maybe she's his real daughter. I don't know. I haven't watched it yet. I I probably will, but I haven't watched it yet. Teresa is going to correct me on this. 
sorry to all the Pedro Pascal stands out there. I should know more. But anyways, the age gap is like the exact same between them two. And the age gap between David Harbour and Millie Bobby Brown is the same as their age gap. And, you know, people are saying this girl's 19 years old. Like, her high school experience was impacted by COVID-19. Like, that is insane. Like, that's actually insane. Because even mine wasn't. Like, what? You know? Like, it's just so bizarre. And, you know, it's it's kind of awkward. Because, like, who wants to go watch the Titanic because all you're gonna think about is like oh like Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend is 19 like you know it's a little awkward but you know if you can get past that go and watch watch the Titanic in the movie theaters re-released happy 25 years to the Titanic (laughs) so that's really it for movie news and Leonardo DiCaprio news apparently but now it's time for one of my favorite parts of the podcast, which is Movie of the Week. And this week's Movie of the Week is, you know what to do, drum roll. Take Shelter. Now I know what you're thinking. What movie is that? And if you've seen it, I commend you and I love you. Because I'm sure that no one is talking about it. Because this movie came out in 2011. But it is the movie of the week. Okay? Because it is a phenomenal movie. It is a movie that everyone, I think, should love. And, yeah, that's my opinion. Take Shelter stars, of course, Jessica Chastain. Y'all know I'm I'm on my journey to watch all of her films so she's going to be popping up here and there you're just going to have to accept that you know but like I've also watched Jessica Chastain's movies in previous weeks and they haven't been the movie of the week so don't worry I'm not recommending something that is not good Take Shelter is a phenomenal movie it's kind of like a psychological thriller type of movie um it is about this man who is played by Michael Shannon, who also co-stars with Jessica Chastain in the new series I talked about, George and Tammy. So this is the first time they worked together back in 2011, or earlier, probably 2010. Um, This is the first time they worked together, and the movie is about Michael Shannon's character, who, his name is Curtis, and Curtis is struggling because he keeps having these hallucinations and nightmares and he doesn't know why but in all of his visions let's call them there's this crazy storm coming and it is affecting everyone like people are going insane because of it like even like animals like his dog bites him like everyone's going crazy like he feels like he's in danger his family's in danger like the world is gonna end maybe like That's how bad this storm is in his visions. And he gets convinced that this is something that is going to happen. Like, he cannot separate it from reality. He feels like this is absolutely going to happen. And in order to combat that idea, he decides to revamp the storm shelter in their backyard. And they have, like, a small storm shelter in their backyard because, I guess, like, wherever they live is prone to tornadoes and stuff so it's common for people to have storm shelters there 
but he decides to like rebuild it and you know he's gonna have it there for whenever this storm that's gonna destroy everything comes and it it just you know takes over his whole life and his whole psyche and it starts to like ruin his relationships with his wife and maybe his child and his friends and his co-workers it's it's really upsetting you know that you're watching this like destruction kind of happen while he thinks he's saving everything it's a really great movie it is not scary in any way so take thriller lightly it's just one of those films that has such tension and you're like how is this going to end how is there going to be resolved for this but it's so good the end like literally my jaw dropped and it's it's just such a good ending such a good movie everyone's performance in this movie was amazing um Michael Shannon, you know, I've done some research about this film, and, like, apparently people think that Michael Shannon was snubbed in Oscar nomination for this role, which I agree, like, he was so, so good, and then, of course, Jessica Chastain was amazing, as always, and it's really cool to see her, like, in one of her first on-screen roles, um, because that was just, 2011 was, like, the year that she kind of broke into acting, so it's really interesting to see her roles from back then and then their daughter is deaf in the film and she is played by an actual deaf actress which I think is really important and really amazing that they made sure that that was the case and it was it's a really great movie I am really happy to be announcing it as movie of the week and I really hope that some of you guys watch it I watched it on Hulu I'm pretty sure so you can watch it there um, but yeah, if you watch that movie, please let me know. I'd love to talk about it with you, especially the ending, because there's a lot, there's a lot to say. So now that we've discussed movie of the week, let's get into our TV section. So a little bit of TV news. Apparently Netflix is taking back what they said about password sharing, which I'm so extremely confused by because like, what they literally literally said that it was information for other countries and it somehow got leaked to America or something like whatever I think you're just going back on your word because there was an uproar about it and that's fine like just say that just say after customer feedback we have decided to no longer move forward with the password sharing protocol that we release like how hard is it you know but anyways they took it back so no worries about sharing your netflix anymore i guess but who knows they could change their mind again and then another piece of tv news which i'm not super knowledgeable about because i don't watch yellowstone is that apparently kevin costner who was like one of the stars of yellowstone like he literally just won a golden globe for yellowstone is being kind of dramatic and he's like at first said i'm only gonna come for 65 days of filming for the next season and then he said no i'll only come for 50 days and now apparently he's saying that he's only gonna go for a week and so all these rumors started coming up that kevin costner is no longer gonna be in yellowstone or maybe Yellowstone is ending, or yada, yada, yada. And then this rumor comes out that Matthew McConaughey is potentially joining the Yellowstone franchise, and they're going to make a new 
season or maybe even a new show starring Matthew McConaughey, which I feel like he would be a good addition to Yellowstone, but, you know, before anyone gets in an uproar about Yellowstone, let me just clarify that Paramount came out and said, look, Kevin Costner is still on the show, like, we're hoping to be working with him for a long time, everybody calm down. So I feel like he's just being dramatic and they, like, got it resolved, but then they also didn't say anything about the Matthew McConaughey stuff, so who knows? Maybe, maybe Matthew McConaughey will be coming soon to Yellowstone. Who knows? Um, and then as for my TV recap, I've been told to keep going with Succession. A couple of people have told me it's really good, um, and that I just need to, you know, persist and get invested in it. So I'm going to try. I'm going to try to really dig deep and get invested in Succession. But as for a little bit of reality TV that I've been watching, I've been watching The Culpo Sisters, which is on HBO Max, um, and it's about Olivia Culpo, Sophia Culpo, and Aurora Culpo sisters. You know, Olivia Culpo was Miss Universe a while back, and they're all just kind of like influencers, and you know, I love a good family dynamic, so I had to tune in to The Culpo Sisters, and I'm enjoying it so far. It's becoming my, like, morning show like I always like drink my coffee eat my breakfast and watch a show and that is what the Culpo Sisters is becoming for me so stay tuned to see if I love the Culpo Sisters I think there's only one season out right now so I'm gonna watch keep watching but I love it so far and for music news obviously like I said Super Bowl this Sunday Rihanna is doing the halftime show and she said that there were 39 versions of her Super Bowl halftime show. And, you know, they had to narrow it down to one. So I'm so excited to watch, maybe see who she brings on, what song she sings. We will be talking about Rihanna next week. Like, don't even get it twisted. Um, I can't wait to see. I love Rihanna, and I am so excited. I hope... I really hope she doesn't disappoint, which I think is impossible because anything from Rihanna will be great at this point. Like, we're literally all begging for it, so I can't wait. And, yeah. Another piece of music news is that Lizzo's song special that we talked about last week because she released a music video has a new version released. It actually just came out, and it features SZA. So, it is so good. I love SZA. I love this song by Lizzo, so... I think it's a great collab, and two icons coming together is never a bad thing, in my opinion. So go listen to Special featuring SZA, and let me know your thoughts. Last up, you know we gotta talk books, so I've got a couple things to say. First up, I finished Crying in H Mart by Michelle Zahner. It was heartbreaking and beautiful. It's so well written. It has these amazing descriptions and I think that anyone who has suffered a loss, specifically a loss of a parent um, or your mother specifically, would really benefit from reading this book. I can see how it could be really cathartic for that. Um, When it came to rating this book on Goodreads, I found myself like having a hard time because it didn't have as powerful of an impact on me as I thought it would. Like, I thought I was going to be 
sobbing in tears like utterly heartbroken which at some points I was upset and like I could see myself you know like I was tearing up a little bit I could see myself crying if I really was like emotional while reading it but I wasn't like I didn't finish the book and I was like oh that was the most devastating thing I ever read like I wasn't like that I think it was very beautiful to read and it's really amazing to see someone be so open and vulnerable in writing and then publish that to the whole world. Um, so I ended up giving it three stars on Goodreads, but I just felt like kind of weird about rating it anyways, you know, because like for some people I can see how that would be a five star book. And for some people who don't enjoy reading stuff like that would not like it at all. So if you think that that is something that you would enjoy, I highly recommend it. Um, but yeah, it was a, it was a really great book. And I think someone put it best on Goodreads in a review that they said that they felt like this book was made for Michelle's honor and no one else. Like this, writing this book was for her and it's not for it to be a five-star book for me or a three-star book for me or a two-star book for somebody else or whatever, you know, like it's for her. And I think that's so true. And I think it's beautiful in that respect. And her writing is so amazing. Um, it honestly makes me want to like learn more about her and her music and stuff. So maybe I'll get into Japanese breakfast a little more. Who knows? And since finishing that book, I have started Sorrow and Bliss by Meg Mason on my phone from a library. And this book... I'm not too far into it yet, so I don't really have many opinions. But the first few chapters I've read, I liked so far. Um, it is about a woman who has been married to someone she knew her whole life, um, childhood friends, they're, you know, high school sweethearts, the whole thing. Um, or actually, I don't know if they got married in high school yet, but they they've known each other since childhood. They've always been a part of each other's lives, and um, her husband has left her and she has to move back in with her parents who are very eccentric and, you know, she has like a weird relationship with them. And so it's about that transition in her life. And I'm really interested to keep going with that. I know it's not one of the books that I said I would read next, but it just, you know, I was just scrolling in my library app and I was like, you know what, I'm going to read this book. So I'm going to read it. And then me and a few of my friends honestly have been talking about the Hunger Games lately, which if you know me, you know, like I've been obsessed with the Hunger Games. Like I'm a day one Hunger Games girl and I'm always obsessed. So this is nothing new, but I have decided to reread the Hunger Games series. So I got my copy from my parents' house and I've started reading the Hunger Games, the first book. And it is just it's everything you know like I'm never not gonna be obsessed with Hunger Games and I could probably do a whole podcast episode literally on my thoughts of the Hunger Games so you know if you're interested let me know I'm just kidding I won't bore anyone with my Hunger Games thoughts that much but more talk of the Hunger Games to come um probably gonna be watching the movie sometime soon so we have that to look forward to <laughs> when the Hunger Games is a movie of the week don't act surprised. Actually, you know what? It's probably going to be Catching Fire because that's my favorite. But So when Catching Fire is the movie of the week, don't act surprised. That's all I'm saying. 
<laughs> but yeah, reading The Hunger Games, reading Sorrow and Bliss. Um, yeah, so stay tuned to hear more. That's pretty much it for this week's episode of The Ketchup Corner. Once again, I want to thank you all so much for being here and listening to me uh, ramble on for however many minutes every week about all my favorite topics. Um, I'm so excited to see what's to come next week and what we have to talk about. I hope you all have a great week. I hope you enjoy the Super Bowl. You know, let me know which Kelsey brother you're rooting for. I'm not, I haven't decided yet. I think I'm probably going to go for the Chiefs because why not, you know? (laughs) But enjoy that. Enjoy Rihanna's performance. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be amazing. And I cannot wait to catch up with you all next week. Talk soon.